Per Minute is a weekly radio show from the New York City chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Recorded live at WBAI 99.5 in Brooklyn every Wednesday at 9 p.m. RPM's about doing the work. The work to build a democratic socialist future. Each week, hear the latest news, analysis, and organizing experience from the minds and hearts of activists fighting every day in New York City. Join the movement at socialists.nyc. To Revolutions Per Minute, live from the new WBAI Studios, a socialist radio show and podcast from members of New York City Democratic Socialists of America. The Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States, with 90,000 members nationwide, and New York City DSA is its biggest chapter. We are run by our 7,000-plus members and organizers who are working together to build democratic socialism in all five boroughs. I'm Lee Zishi. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm joining you from Bedside, Brooklyn, which is occupied Lenape land. And what's good, New York? This is Jack Devine, he, him pronouns, and yesterday was election day here in New York. You know, since we're dealing with the New York Board of Elections and the new ranked choice voting system here in the city, many of the results are not yet finalized. And Anthony Component won her city race in Queens, while the rest of the DSA endorsed candidates await the final results. Upstate in Buffalo, India Walton won the Democratic primary for mayor, and a number of Rochester DSA endorsed candidates won their elections. Socialism continues to have unprecedented success at the ballot box here in New York, but there's clearly so much work left to be done. But first, the headlines. Some in the real estate industry are concerned about the potential influence of progressives and socialists in the upcoming city council class. The city council passed a bill requiring racial equity reports in the rezoning process. The law, which goes to an effect in 2022, requires some rezoning applications to include reports detailing affordability of proposed projects and, in some cases, two years' worth of information on displacement trends and economic security of residents. Public defenders with the Legal Aid Society are arguing that their groups, that their work with groups like Cure Violence is more effective at preventing gun violence than increased policing. A pilot project in Brownsville that replaced NYPD patrols with community-based violence interrupter groups has had long-lasting success. Officials are now planning to expand the program into other neighborhoods. As it was done every year since 2007, the NYPD once again shot past its overtime budget for the fiscal year although overall spending was down significantly from previous years due to the pandemic. The city will provide a $100 baby bond to every public school kindergartner starting next year. Queens Community Board 7 voted to expel board member John Cho, citing several, several acts of misconduct. Cho is a candidate for city council in District 20, Flushing. Our headlines are brought to you by The Thorn, an incredible weekly newsletter by NYC DSA Electoral Working Group, covering local politics and radical activism. Subscribe at thethorn.nyc. 
So tonight we'll be talking all about the election that happened right here in New York City yesterday. But before we hear how the election went down here in New York City, we want to take a listen to some of the incredible victory speech given last night by India Walton in Buffalo. India was endorsed by Buffalo DSA and the National DSA and will be the first socialist mayor of a major American city since 1960 um, if she wins the general election, which is very likely in Buffalo, and she'll be the first female mayor in Buffalo's history. Let's go to that clip of India's very powerful victory speech. To say I told you so. <laughs> that had a bold vision for what we want the future of our city to look like. Sometimes I come up with wacky ideas. (laughs) All the time I know that I can't do anything alone. When I said on the campaign trail, I am most qualified because I am a coalition builder. We set out to not only change Buffalo, but to change the way progressive politics are viewed in upstate New York. This is Buffalo, and it's not lost on me that we have a very entrenched Democratic Party. That has no interest in our type of politics. So from the very beginning, last year, when I brought my island of misfit toys together, we were well aware that we were going to have to do things non-traditionally, outside of the system, in the middle of a pandemic. This is organizing. Yes. 
We win! So as you can hear, the excitement for India last night was very palatable um, in Buffalo. Um, but also when the local media asked her if she identified as a socialist, this was her very beautiful response, was just as excited for socialism. Here's India. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the, the entire intent of this campaign is to draw down power and resources to the ground level and, and to the hands of the people. And when we think about socialism, um, you know, we're perfectly fine with socialism for the rich. Uh, we will bail out Wall Street and banks and give a billion dollars in tax incentives to one of the richest people in the world to build an empty Tesla factory in South Buffalo. And when it comes to providing the resources that working families need to thrive, uh, socialism becomes scary at that point. So I'm, I'm very proud to be a democratic socialist. I am proud to have the support of Buffalo DSA and National DSA. Uh, I received a call from Congresswoman AOC this evening, and I'm, I'm just excited to be a, a part of this movement that is ushering progressive politics into Buffalo. Being the third poorest mid-sized city in this country, we should be considering how we begin to eradicate concentrated poverty and disadvantage. And democratic socialist leanings are a big step in getting us there. Something, uh, uh, go ahead, Lee. Oh, no, I was going to say, I feel like this is just an exciting moment. It's very much to me like when AOC got elected, where, like, nobody, probably most people in the country had never heard of India, and now she's, like, in the New York Times. And, you know, a lot of people think of New York City as such, or they think of the DSA in New York, very New York City-centric. Um, so I'm curious, Jack, too, how you're feeling, you know, knowing that now New York or DSA has wins all across New York. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible. It's uh, like as you said, her her speech, uh, both her victory speech and that quote were were very elegant. It's and she really captured something that is so important about the way that we think about politics and, and why it's different. And that it's about organization and building working class organization, seeing herself as someone who is part of a broader movement. I think there's a lot of questions about the difficulty of being in the position of mayor, a socialist, and the sort of contradictions that you face and the challenges and she's going to have you have to dealing with very powerful forces but the fact that she is recognizing that the power that she has it's not as some individual but comes through the movement comes through working class organization and that the, the reality is is that this is a huge buffalo is a big city and it has a long history of um, industrial struggle. It's been faced with immense dispossession from deindustrialization over the recent years. It's really been hurt. It's it's a place that is almost where uh, the New York and Midwest meets. So it's incredibly encouraging to see such a uh, like a strong victory, not just in Buffalo but in, in Rochester as well. And to see people really starting to recognize that they need to fight back and 
and having these candidates recognize that it's not just about them, it's not about just winning office, but about building a movement uh, rooted in organization. Uh, Lee, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people might like say like, oh, DSA is so like liberal in New York City, which is this like elite coastal city, but like we're seeing DSA victories in Pittsburgh. We're seeing DSA, you know, where I'm from. It's like a very, you know, the Rust Belt people who have been exploited by capitalism um, and aren't these, you know, East, you know, quote unquote, East Coast, like liberal cities are electing socialists. Um, So I just think it really shows the power. And as somebody who does a lot of organizing statewide that, you know, downstate, upstate divide um, is so often thrown in our face. And I think this is just like a very exciting moment to show that, you know, this isn't just a New York City thing. Um, that socialism is sweeping across New York. Um, and it's really appealing to people who have been, you know, the, the people who have been hurt most by capitalism. Um, and I think a lot of places that, you know, either Republicans or like liberal Democrats kind of think like, oh, this has been our base, right? Like, you know, Cuomo has been a huge barrier to a lot of the things that, you know, we want to do in this state. Um, and slowly, you know, we are picking off his allies because India is going to replace somebody who was a big Cuomo ally. And just that feeling of like unity across the state as socialist is just so, so exciting um, for me. Yeah, I think that's that's really well put, and it's uh, you highlight the point that we're not liberals. We're not. We're talking about building a movement that is including all working people from all across the state, all across the country, no matter where they're living. And we're trying to organize to build a, a better world where we have democratically shared resources, um, and that really fights back against these sort of divisions that um, various f- fractions of the ruling class are trying to split us apart. And so, I just want to remind. Uh, our listeners, that you are tuning in to Revolutions Per Minute on listener-sponsored WBAI in New York City, broadcasting at 99.5 FM and streaming on your favorite podcast app. We were just discussing the really incredible victory by India Walton and Buffalo DSA and also these other victories across um, upstate that show that this is a movement that has legs um, all over. Um, But there was also major elections here in New York and DSA was involved in these city council campaigns. So let me just throw it over to Lee. Yeah, so if you're a regular RPM listener, you know we've talked to all six of the New York City DSA endorsed city council candidates. We've been covering all aspects of their campaign, what they believe in, um, but also the ground games that have been helping to move them forward, all of the DSA volunteers. So last Wednesday, I was at uh, Dr. Ronald McNair Park for a rally and canvas kickoff for Mike Hollingsworth being led by climate organizers with New York City DSA Eco-Socialist, New York Communities for Change, the Sunrise Movement, and Food and Water Action. And they were joined by members of the DSA Albany Slate, Assemblymember Marcella Matanis, Emily Gallagher, Zoran Mondami, and Senator Jabari Brisport, who were very, very excited for the candidates. Um, so let's hear what that was like on the ground last Wednesday. Yeah. Who has the best door knock and door pitch of all of you guys? Uh, I got the best door knock hands down. Plus me. Definitely not me. Step it up. What you got? Step it up. It's not me. No That's like actually listening to mine. Hey, plagiarize. Uh, no, mine is like. <laughs> but I also go like. Hi, she's State Senator Jabari Brisport. 
And why are you guys, you just got like out of the session, you're probably exhausted. Why are you now spending your time? I see you all the time. You're out constantly knocking for the city candidates. Why is it so important for the DSA slate to be supporting the city slate? We're building a movement. It isn't about one specific candidate. It's about what we can do when we come together. So we know it's a, a hard journey, and we also want to be there to make sure that we're supporting them as individuals, but supporting the campaign. And this is um, something you know that we really believe in. If we want to change the world, it's going to take all of us to do it. I'm going to say it's exhausting to fight against the Albany establishment, but it's really exhilarating and rejuvenating to fight for the movement. And so that's why I'm doing this. Because the Aluta continua, the struggle never ends. We get it done. And that's because we fight the status quo and we stand up for what we believe in, fighting private corporate interests and making sure that the public and constituents come before the big money from the real estate interests, come before the big money in the fossil fuel interests, and come before the big in industry and establishment interests. That's right, man. Yeah. Now, we need to keep this legacy going on. My colleagues are with this one piece of this, but a huge one. Right now, here in District 35, you know, I live a few blocks down this way. A lot of issues we've had around housing. A lot of issues, there's a local supermarket that's closed down. There's a lot of issues. Two power plants kiss this district. The Gowanus plant and the Astoria plant. Both being proposed. That's no good. We need real leadership at the city, the state, the national level. It starts locally. Yes. Yes. Mike Collingsworth is the man to get the job done. Time and time again, he's been there. Whether it's coming to our rally, whether it's out there canvassing. You know, Mike is coming back from the canvas right now. He knows the people. He's ready to get the job done. Hi, everyone. I'm Emily Gallagher. I represent District 50. With so many environmental issues in my district, and I know that it takes an organizer mentality to yeah. really be able to connect the dots between all the different issues that environmental crisis touches. And Mike has that organizer mentality, and I am proud to endorse him because I know that he's going to deliver at City Hall with the team of DSA elected to really secure the changes that we need to make. We need to make major changes in this city, and we need to make them fast. And a lot of a lot of companies are working to undo the movement that we have, and we cannot let them. We have to stand strong, and that means getting Mike into office. One of my favorite things about Mike is that every time I look back at old photos and actions, especially housing actions, I see Mike standing there because he's been in the fight for years and years and years. He didn't just wake up and decide he wanted to fight for affordable housing, right, like last year or just to run for office. He's been in the fight with us for years and years and years. And I also want to say when you're out there and knocking on the doors, when you get to people that are like, well, I don't know, I'm deciding between Mike and another candidate, I don't know what's the difference. There is clear daylight between Mike and the other candidates because there is only one candidate in this race who the racist billionaires are trying to stop. Yeah. One candidate that Ron Lauder and Stephen Ross are spending tens of thousands of dollars to stop, and that's Michael Hollingsworth. So you tell them that. Only one candidate that poses a threat to the establishment, and that's Mike Hollingsworth. Hell yeah! yeah. Let's go! 35, we need Mike to win the New York climate fight! 35, we need Mike to win the New York climate fight! We are here for Michael Hollingsworth, and we are here for this movement! Yeah. I want to say two things before I pass it off. If you think about who's fighting for a Green New Deal at the national level, at the state level, 
Those are the people and the organizations that have told you that Michael Hollingsworth is the choice for this district. I'm talking about Senator Bernie Sanders. I'm talking about Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's political action committee. I'm talking about the Sunrise Movement. I'm talking about food and water action. I'm talking about these people right here. choice is. We know who the climate candidate is. Now it's up to us to knock these doors. But I can tell you that elections are won and lost in the last week. I won by just 424 votes and the only reason we won those votes was because we were out there every single day that we had left. Every single hour. So you might think, oh, I've already done 20 shifts. I've already done 15 canvases. Do I need to do another? Yes! Yes! That is what we need to do because this race could come down to the margins and it's the margins that Mike is fighting for. So let's bring it home! Who's ready for Mike Hollingsworth? So I I want to talk to you, Jack, about some of these racist billionaires that Jabari mentioned. But before I do, I want to put you on the spot. Who whose door knock did you like better, Jabari or uh, Zoran's? And also, I want to I want to preference they were knocking on like a like a statue in the middle of the park. It was not wood, but you know, whose door knock were you feeling? I mean, it's a, that's a very tough question, uh, but, you know, since, uh, I mean, I got a, a lot of love for both Zoran and Jabari, but I'm going to just, because of the, the longer connection I have with Jabari, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it over to Jabari. So maybe that's a cop-out answer. <laughs> what about I yourself? Mean, <laughs> I mean, I would say the good thing is none of them sound like cops, you know, um, they don't have that cop knock and that's, you know, that's, that's, what's really important. They don't sound like cops knocking on your door. Um, so Jabari, you know, um, my state senator, I, I don't know if he's your state senator or not, um, mentioned these racist billionaires who flooded all this money um, into the race. Um, Mike Hollingsworth is one of the people they really targeted. Um, can you talk a little bit about who Stephen Ross is? Um, who are these real estate donors? And why do you think the DSA slate um, for the city was such a threat for them? Well, I mean, to, to give the most basic answer, these are the people that own this city and in many ways own this country. Um, Stephen Ross is a owner of the Miami Dolphins. He has immense um, wealth and power. Um, he's someone who th- throws it around, uh, like throws it around to the college I went to, Michigan, where he puts his plasters his name all over everything. This guy wants power, um, and he has it. And so they see these candidates. There's a reason why you have Michael Hogsworth getting this sort of um, you know these these smears, uh, these these ridiculous attack ads, and it's not happening to Crystal Hudson um, because Crystal Hudson is not somebody who's going to stand in the way of the development like Hudson Yards, but Mike Hollingsworth will because he's someone who's been a tenant organizer. He's fought in this community for a very very long time. He's someone who got involved in the movement because. 
he was having an issue with his landlord. And he said, I need to fight for this problem. So he organized his building. And then he got involved with Crown, the Crown Heights Tenants Union. So he's in further organization. Then he saw DSA doing the work around here. So for him, he's seen organization on the ground. And Mike Hollingsworth is representative of what this slate is all about. So he's someone who's fighting back against these extremely powerful people who have immense resources that they by politicians, but it's more than that. They use these resources as a threat. So even when a politician is saying, oh, I'm going to fight against these people, if they lack organization, if they're not tied to a real movement, tied to workers who are capable of going on strike, tied to tenants who are capable of going on strike, they're not going to, nothing is really going to happen. So it's so crucial to be tied to organization. And that's why Mike Hollingsworth and the rest of the DSA for the city slate is a threat to people like Stephen Ross because this race is really tight. We don't know. It's uh, Crystal Hudson is leading in the you know the original first vote tallies. It's within five percent. There's a lot that can happen with ranked choice. I'm very curious to see how this goes. I'm going to have my eyes on this over the next few weeks because I think this is a very big race. It's kind of emblematic of certain divides that are happening, uh, perhaps within the Democratic Party electorate. It's very in, in between maybe progressives and socialists and the, the sort of differential between you can say the right words, but you need power. And if you're tied to people who are not challenging power, or not rooting organization, then what's going to happen? So, you know, I got uh, like I got my eyes on this. I got my eyes on these other races. But honestly, the key thing is no matter what these results is to continue fighting and building organization in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces. And it's uh, it's incredible to see people out there fighting for a world like that after kind of decades where uh, working class organization has been on the back foot. But I just also want to kind of open up the phone lines. We're almost halfway through the show. So if you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. Be thinking about the election results. Um, maybe talk about what your concerns are, who you voted for, and you know if you disagree with us, that's totally all right. We we love to hear from you, and we can we're open for debate. So please give us a call two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. Again, that's two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. So Lee, I'm gonna you know we're gonna turn to and feel free to add to anything that I said because I'm I'm sure you got some great thoughts on that. But I want to turn to you know, your expertise. Um, and so like despite all these great organizing efforts um, around uh, with eco socialists around kind of the public power legislation, there was a lack of a- action in Albany. Uh, once again, many of these Democrats they talk a big game, but they actually when it push comes to shove, they're not challenging capital. So. Like, why do we need uh, these strong city council candidates to fight back against inaction in Albany? Yeah, I think Jabari summed it up really well that it was like, you know, very hard for the DSA slate in Albany this year. Um, There was a lot of really great climate legislation. And, you know, as we're seeing in the beginning of the summer, as you know, we're seeing the climate crisis this summer, right? You know, like there's incredible heat out west. We're seeing droughts. Um, and there was some really great bills in Albany and literally the the Democrats who are in power, you know, Andrea Stewart Cousins, Carl Heasty, just didn't do anything. Um, so not only did they not pass the public power bills, um, which the New York City DSA eco-socialists fought very hard for, you know, there were other bills that were like no brainers, right, where they were trying to ban new fracked gas power plants that are for Bitcoin mining. It's like, you know, we're, we're seeing the world burn and literally they're using fossil fuels to like generate 
invisible money for people like Andrew Yang, you know? Um, and so I think there was, there was so much frustration about what the potential could have been in Albany this year. And, you know, the DSA slate was really pushing the margins, not just on climate, but things like the New York Health Act, right? Like we just came out of a pandemic. Um, we're seeing the climate crisis. We're seeing a housing crisis. And the people in power chose to do nothing, even though they had a supermajority. Um, so, you know, as the the kind of financial capital of the world, as a place that's producing an insane amount of emissions based on the amount of people that live here and the way our city has been built, it is so, so important that not only on a state level, but on a city level, we really attack climate change because we are so vulnerable to climate change, yet New York City could have such a huge impact in the climate fight. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully we'll have a lot of, you know, great climate activists um, getting elected in this in this election because um, we are running out of time. We, we have a very little amount of time, as Emily said, and a lot of work to do. Uh, sorry, you know, we always have to work through these things when we're remote, but. But uh, no, Lee, those are those are really really sharp points, and just kind of maybe just to throw another question at you because I think so much of the great work that's been going on um, with this sort of uh, Green New Deal organizing has been about you know putting it together with the Pro Act and thinking about um, like workers and how we need to be building a broad based coalition and understanding that we can't just say oh we're going to do retrainings. No, this has to be a worker center transformation. And that they have to, workers have to be taking the lead on this. And something that was so great is like, uh, we're talking about Mike Hollingsworth campaign. He was endorsed, endorsed by, um, you know, local construction workers around here. So like, how can, how can we keep pushing forward with these sort of campaigns? Where we're building these people together and like thinking about how we, we put workers at the center of this transformation. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, sorry to just throw this at you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting, too, because, right, like you have, you know, the United Mine Workers were in New York City this week. And, you know, we hear people like on Fox News always talking about how the Green New Deal is going to hurt jobs and like these fossil fuel jobs are so great. Yet they have not covered at all, you know, these workers who are just, you know, in Alabama fighting for basic rights. So what we really recognize is that the people who are pushing the fossil fuel industry, right, they're they're not fighting for fossil fuel workers. They are fighting for fossil fuel profits. Um, and so I think, you know, it's not it's not easy. And I've seen the public power coalition across the state, you know, spend so much time trying to reach out to unions and things like that. And it's it's not the easiest sell, right? Because it, unions have been sold out by Democrats too, you know, in the past decade. And so I think it's just gonna really show that like we need a commitment to workers and that we're gonna keep showing up. And I know for a fact that there are a lot of unions that might have not even like addressed the public power bills until they realized how many local DSA chapters and national DSA was fighting for the PRO Act. And so, you know, we are, we're organizing against decades of capitalism, right? And it's not always easy to build these relationships, but I think we just need to keep showing up as socialists and, you know, recognizing too that like 
a lot of these fossil fuel industry jobs are poisoning workers and they don't even know they're being poisoned. Um, you know, so we just have to keep showing up and keep letting them know that there is a better option and that we are not going to forget them. And that includes on a city level where there are a lot of workers who, you know, are currently building pipelines, right, in our neighborhoods. Um, and we need to be there not only to protect our neighborhoods, but to show those people that, you know, we are there with them and we are fighting for all of us. Um, I think it's about that inclusivity and just keeping, you know, talking to people and knocking doors and having conversations, you know, just as people did this entire election. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's such a, a really, really great point that we need to be um, like working alongside and like we can't there's there's this rhetoric that like blames people who are, you know, just trying to survive um, and get by, pay their rent. Um, people who are doing really hard work and it, it is hard work and, and, and like, obviously you can form an identity around that and to, and to be like, Oh, it's the mine workers or it's the fossil fuel workers. No, it's not. It's capital. And it's, it's both sides in the state who are not actually doing things to make this transformation. We have, uh, we have one phone call. So let's, uh, let's, uh, take that right now. You are live on WBAI, Revolution Per Minute. What is your name and what is your question and or comment? Zach. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, Max. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hello. You are on. Okay. So that's all well and good that you got somebody elected and you're talking about this show is called revolutions. I'm in the DSA. I'm in New York. I've been a worker communist for 45 years since I was a teenager. Uh, and I've been oppressed and exploited and all that stuff. And what's bothering me is that you have the word revolution on your show, but when you actually go to a zoom meeting these days and you talk about revolution, you get removed from the meeting. There is so much hypocrisy and reformism in your organization, and yet you talk about socialism. You barely ever talk about revolution. And I think we need to really get in touch with the reality of what revolution means and look at the Russian Revolution and Trotskyism and get away from the damn Stalinists. I can't even, it's mind-boggling how oppressive your meetings are when a real worker revolutionary speaks out and is silenced and removed every single time under false pretenses and angry because you're an obstacle to real socialism and class struggle. It's an organization that's controlled by Democratic Party leftists and upper-middle-class people, and you have barely any real connection to the working class, and electoral politics and statism is not what we need. What we need is a red army. Well, I, I mean, we th- thank you for your comment. Uh, I, I just uh, think it's um, we can't just shout revolution in the air and people are going to go do it. Unfortunately, people have been doing that for a long time. I, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of great uh, Trotskyist intellectuals out there uh, who said these things, and every time it, they, they've uh, made these claims, uh, it doesn't just materialize. So people are out there organizing. So I think to kind of just be dismissive. Uh, is a, a bit unfortunate, and you know, if if you want to go that route, go after it. Because the idea that these uh, this organization is full of reformists, while at the same time 
many of the most powerful forces in this city, in this country, are demeaning us and, and targeting our candidates or organization is, um, to me, absolutely ludicrous. But I appreciate the call. And just uh, in contrary to what you were saying, we did not shut you off or not allow you to speak your mind. Anyone is welcome at a meeting or on the radio show to voice their opinion. And so uh, I just want to remind our listeners that you are tuning in to Revolutions Per Minute on listener-sponsored WBAI in New York City, broadcasting at 99.5 FM and streaming on your favorite podcast app. Today we are talking about the various elections that occurred across New York. Um, yesterday, we're still waiting many of the final results, whether that's for mayor, um, where Eric Adams is in the lead, but we still have to see what happens with second and third votes, many of these city council races, or upstate where we know um, there was victories for India Walton and many city council uh, candidates in Rochester. Um, But before we move on to the rest of the show, something that is uh, really crucial and kind of really core of what we are talking about here is building working class organization. And media is part of that. If you're tuning in to corporate media or something that's like has Bill Gates funds from the NPR and kind of shifts the way they discuss things, you're not going to get the full you're not going to get the full picture. You're not going to get all the full perspective. You're not going to hear from as many like working class people, organizers, people are out there in the fight. And so this is what this station is for. So if you want to become a member, we have upcoming elections. This is a democratically run organization, crucially. So if you want to become a WBA member before that June 30th. It's really, really key because then you can vote. There's going to be a lot of people running. You can see what their platform is. You can either call 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Or go to WBAI.org and become a buddy. If you if you have to give $25 if you want to be eligible by June 30th, so you can also just donate on WBAI.org. That's the flat fee. And then after that, if you want to be a recurring member, become part of this institution. So uh, we're going to continue our show, and we've been discussing Election Day, and we've gotten some sound from beforehand, but we also were out there. We were talking, we were hearing direct from the candidates in their campaign offices at, at um, the post-election celebration, even though a victory is not declared, people put a lot of work. So because all over the past few months, NYC DSA members and other volunteers have been knocking on doors, talking with voters all over the city to elect the DSA for the city slate. Tiffany Caban, as we announced before, has won her election while the other results remain up in the air. We'll update our listeners on these results as we get more information over the next few weeks. We're going to have our eyes on a lot of these races. Um, But we just want to highlight how yesterday was a massive effort by socialist organizers. And let's hear directly from the candidates and their staff on Election Day. So we're out here at Michael Hongsworth's campaign office, and uh, we're with the man himself. And we're just, uh, Michael, we just wanted to know, like, like what's your, how are you feeling on Election Day and what sort of uh, things you've been talking to voters about out on the street? Yeah, so I actually feel good. Um, the response has been positive so far. Um, our message, and we knew this um, after... I don't know, the past six months of door knocking and talking to people, like, we knew the message was resonating with folks, and, you know, today there's just been, like, a lot of um, affirmation, like, people have been like, I'm on my way to vote for you, I just voted for you, um, some people don't recognize me, so they'll see the sign, and they'll be like, and they'll say things like, I just voted for that guy, and I'm like, that's me, and they get, like, really excited, um, yeah, it feels good, I feel, I feel good, um, yeah. I just, I just do. I just 
not overconfident, but I feel very good that the, you know that the work we've done in the past nine months is is going to pay off um, today. And um, yeah, and kudos to like the team. We put together like an awesome team. Um, I can't underestimate um, that. You know the the sort of core team, and then like everyone who just volunteered. You know, phone making, door knocking, text banking, like it's all coming together. Um, canvassing as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I just feel good. I feel good. I'd rather be us than anyone else in this race. I wouldn't trade places. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just feel good. I feel good about it. It was June 2020, late June, and I couldn't even remember the date, but I looked it up, and we started the Brandon Slack on July 6th, so I know it was June, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, you were occupying City Hall, like, Brandon, tell me what that was like, what happened, and he talked to me, and I'm like, are you running, you're still running, and he's like, yes, and I was like, this is the next fight, this is the fight that we have to be in. And I'm just, like, we started it, we were building infrastructure, and it was hard, and it was like, is DSA going to happen? Is DSA not going to happen? I don't know. And then DSA happened, and you all came, and it was like, I'm sorry to be lame, but it was like, it wasn't like, not me, us, but it was like, not me, all. It propelled everything. And, and then it was November, and I remember a young volunteer saying, I've never met a DSA member in real life before. <laughs> I can't wait to. And now the volunteer is a field lead. <laughs> I just want to say my thank you from, from uh, the bottom of my heart. This has been absolutely incredible, and I'm so appreciative of all of you. And we're going to keep, we're going to, we've won because we're here, and like, <laughs> we're all here, and we've like empowered all these leaders. So yeah. thank you so much. I feel like I said, I think it was like the last five moves that like this whole experience feels deeply connected with like everything my life has been because, you know, I was never a person who liked the line. <laughs> person who like thought I should take up space and you know knew how to like say things and saw that as my role in the things that I did but I always had this like deep understanding that there was something incredibly wrong about everything in our society and that like, don't need to join things to like try and figure things out and like, geek out and learn about how the city works and like how society works and learn about political theory and kind of go into this whole space but it there was always something in me that knew that I needed to find a new place to try and make sense of it and dismantle this inequality that we had. That was just my life, you know, and that was something just really important to me. And that meant going through doors, and a lot of those doors were scary doors for me, just doing things I hadn't done before, being in spaces I'd never been before. And especially, if any DSA member knows, like, trying to make sense and, like, you know, run with an idea, even though it may not be popular or may not the folks around you you know, undercutting you or undermining you or questioning what you were doing the whole time. And then the rest of society catches up to you. Yeah. And then you realize that, like, hey, you were crazy. Mm -hmm. You were, you know, in the right, and you could say what you wanted and do what you wanted and really bring in the folks yeah. in doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. So 
when it came to this idea of like doing all these things that I have not done and are like really challenging in a good time and challenging for me, you know, it was like, how do we do this right? And that is, again, not centering ourselves, but like centering the movement, leading with ideas and leading with like real systemic ways of addressing inequality that we have and calling a spade a spade and being able to go out there yes. and say that if we're yes. our economy is going up exploitation, that we need to find a new way to do the system. And that, and that has been at the crux of what this whole experience has been. Because we're trying to build this model and show not just that we can win one thing, you know, and do be successful in one place, but we can build the model that the society that we want. So that's organizing. That's doing the hard work that is talking to that person in front of you and like sticking out that conversation and trying to find a way to bring them towards you and be able to make sense like, hey, you know, a better world is possible. Yes. 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 So I, I wanted to double check to make sure I get this right. But <laughs> yeah. So over this campaign, we had over 800 volunteers sign up. We had over 3,000 field shifts at 330 events throughout the course of this whole campaign. We wrote over 5,000 postcards. And we made over 70,000 phone calls. And especially, like, we knocked on over 65,000 doors. And I'll say, if you're going to go out in the, sun, like, in the rain or in the sun and knock those many doors, it's not about any one person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I might yeah. be great. <laughs> <laughs> not that great. Because we believe in a system that we need to fix. Yes. Yeah. It means that we believe in that we gotta take on the machine, regardless of whatever shade or color it's in, and how it looks. If it looks familiar, and it looks like what you want, but you don't know something's not right about it, that means you gotta, you gotta check that too. Yes. You know? And that's how we build out the world that we want. And um, I can't say enough how this whole experience has been incredibly enlightening for me. It has been incredibly challenging and incredibly rewarding. And, you know, in the last job I had, there was this whole phrase, I can't remember exactly what the phrase is, but essentially it's like, you know, regardless of results, you win because you've created the infrastructure for more wins. It's like mm -hmm. that yes. uh -huh. yeah. in the future because you have all the new leads and you have new folks who haven't done before or join an organization they haven't done before or like now know how to like the people talking at a door about politics you haven't done before and that all creates more and it creates more access and it brings at the end game you know power to real working class folks really that's it i mean that, that is really what this has been about for me and i know that's what's been about for you and I looked and I saw a local, great office, they endorsed us. Yeah. They're being evicted from their building. Wow. And Pacific Standard, my favorite bar, yep. closed. Mm -hmm. And I, in Bergen, or down 4th Avenue, walking to St. Mark's. I saw the Armory, which is a, a bar that a friend of mine owns. That's now a food pantry space. Wow. And then walk past the bodega on the corner where a person in the community was shot from someone who had been uh, killed by someone who had uh, unseen and unmitigated mental health illnesses. So just from the end, across the street, a wonderful new complex that's 100% affordable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that one walk, you know, that's just
just walking down a normal block in New York City. Yeah. But for me, I like saw all these things that was a reference point for the city that we need to build mm-hmm. so that we don't have all of these things going on around us. Mm-hmm. To do that, you kind of have to push against the machine. Yeah. 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 To do that, you need to be able to call a spade a spade. And to do that, you need to ruffle some feathers and know actually how to organize around people in front of you and your community. Talk to people you haven't talked to before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we all try to do with this campaign. Yes. Yes. So let's keep doing that. Let's keep managing the campaign the way we want to. Let's do the work that we want to do. Let's keep, you know, and again, you know, thank you so much for everything you've done. This has been a fantastic experience. Let's keep at it and let's build a better city. You're listening to Revolutions Per Minute on listener-sponsored WBAI in New York City, broadcasting at 99.5 FM. You just heard from Brandon West. Uh, we have a few minutes left in the in the show and maybe time for one or two calls. So if you have any thoughts about the mayor's race or the DSA candidates, please call us at 212-209-2877. Again, that number is 212 212- Two zero nine two eight seven seven. And so, Jack, while we're waiting for folks to call in, what do you make of these results? And you know what Brandon said—that each of these campaigns builds on each other. Yeah, I mean that was just that was a really great speech and great uh, comment by Brandon. I, I thought he had a lot of really insightful things to say there, um, and just kind of documenting the neighborhood that he's he is fighting for and the the sort of transformations that are happening. And also I'd love to hear this sort of question from listeners. I mean, it's tough because we don't really know all the results. You know, we know, like, as we've been saying, we know some stuff that happened upstate. We know Tiffany Gabon won. We know it's going to be pretty tough for um, Adolfo Abreu in the Bronx. And I think there's a lot, there's a lessons to be learned there about, we know we really need to be building trust in in certain communities. We need to be connected with an organization in certain communities that uh, our organization is lacking. And that, that's just the, that's just the truth. And then, but I think in a lot of ways, these results are very, very encouraging. Um, We like one, just the amount of people who are going out and fighting and like, we're getting, a large number of votes, the people who believe in this, and there's also people who are scared of this movement. So I think there's a lot, there's, I mean, it's it's tough. I think there's a, a range in what these end results could be. Uh, right now, it looks like pretty strongly that um, we'll have two wins. Good chance that we could pull off a third, maybe a fourth, and fifth would be um, an incredibly encouraging result. But the fact that we've, we've won these races it's great to see. And I'm, I'm curious what you have to say, Lee, but we also do have a call on the line, so uh, whatever you want to go with first. <laughs> Let's go to the caller first. Let's do it. Caller, you're live on WBAI. Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, I voted yesterday in the uh, in the primary. Um, I have to admit I'm not much for the um, this rating one through five business, but uh, I basically, you know, I put down one and let's say a second person on at least a couple of them but uh, i was also going to say too that i i i put second for uh eric adams as a, but i'm just don't uh, i'm sorry i can't stand this and i'm hoping we don't get this way because of the talk of the crime 
you're now going to, you're running into all these people talking about let's get tough and let's hire more cops. And then to me, it's just this vicious, stupid circle that goes back and forth and more cops. And then we go, you know, and we, well, more cops so you get what you got with Amadou Diallo or other things. I, I just feel as though we need to look for something else other than let's bring more police out on the, on the street and hire more cops because, because you know, crime is going up, that, that type of thing. We, we need to do more than just go back and forth. We're like a dog chasing his own tail. If you catch my drift. Yeah. That's a really great call. So Lee, go ahead. No, I was going to say, thank you so much for that opinion. And, you know, I think that one of the exciting things about the way that DSA runs campaigns, right, is like not only have been people having conversations about a specific candidate at the door, but we've been having conversations about defunding the police. And, you know, there are a lot of communities right now that are seeing, you know, some spike in violence. While that's definitely been overplayed by the media, I think, to benefit certain candidates, like there are communities that are seeing violence. And when it comes to actually addressing that, it's all going to be about getting resources to those communities, but also building stronger bonds. And the only way that that happens is through the kind of conversations we're having. And it's not like an instant fix, which is like so frustrating, you know, and I think you kind of like touched on that frustration caller. You know, we're really in a tough place and we have so much to build when it comes to, you know, changing the way that we look at police and eventually getting police out of our communities. It's not an instant thing. Um, And, you know, no matter whether, you know, DSA candidates win or lose in a lot of these races, I think we've built some things that are really powerful. So I hope, you know, you continue to have those conversations with your neighbors because it's exactly right. You know, calling more police in, highlighting this violence, you know, scaring people about people with mental illness. That's all to benefit people who actually profit off those industries. Yeah, Lee, that's that's a really, really great point, because I think, you know, there has been a a spike in violence and to deny that would be wrong. But it's also returning to levels from like 10 years ago, which when you when people talked about 10 years ago, it was like it's a miracle that we've gotten down this low. There's still too much violence. But is is a solution to that having massive militarized guards all through the city if that's something if, if you care about freedom seems to be restricting things and if you want an open society and i think you hit the right point with well, the defund nypd campaign is about reallocating resources it's about shifting funds into healthcare, education and housing if someone is experiencing homelessness of course they're more likely to do something out of desperation that's just that's being a person And so why don't we get to actually addressing the root causes of violence in our society? That's what we need to be doing politically. And we know who, and you're exactly right, know who profits off this almost any more than anyone else is the media. And we talk a lot maybe about cable news on here, but I think one of the worst actors in our society is local news because they just feed fear and fear and fear. And while never ever talking about what's actually happening to people, on a day-to-day basis that they are experiencing, that they are suffering from exploitation, that wages are stagnant, that there is a need in the society to actually challenge the powers that be, but those powers that be just happen to own those media stations. Um, I believe we are coming to end of the the show, but Lee, if you want to add any final comments, I'd love to hear it. 
You know, I just say talk to your neighbors even when the election's over, right? You know, we're facing a climate crisis. We're facing all these crises, and we're, we're going to need to talk to each other to, to get through that and build the community it's going to take. And um, it was so exciting to see the DSA Canada, uh, the slate in Albany just being so enthusiastic for the city slate. Um, and I think that's a very big change from how politics has run. So I'm, I'm very excited to see that. That's it. That's a great final point. You got to you got to talk to people because every you know, everyone's at a different point and don't dismiss someone just because they disagree with you. One little thing. It's it's it all takes work in multiple directions. So I just want to remind our listeners that you've been tuning in to Revolutions Per Minute on listener sponsored WBAI in New York City, broadcasting 99.5 FM and streaming on your favorite podcast app. Connect with us after the show. You can email us at revolutionsnyc at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, revolutionsperminute.simplecast.com or on Twitter at NYCRPM. Thank you so much for joining us on RPM, and we will be back next week, and uh, we'll see you out on the streets uh, organizing your workplace or, I guess, at the ballot box this week. Take care, New York City.